93X presents the Celebration Rock Podcast with Stephen Hyden. This is the Celebration Rock Podcast presented by 93XFM here in Minneapolis and UpRocks.com. I'm your host, Stephen Hyden. Today, we will be addressing an important question. Is Radiohead's OK Computer the best album of the last 20 years? I wrote about this topic in a column on UpRocks.com last week. I said that it is the best album of the last 20 years. But not everyone agrees with me. I know it's a shock. I figured I would write this column and not a single person would disagree. I figured I'm just going to state the obvious. People will agree with me. They'll cheer my name and that'll be the end of it. But, you know, people don't always agree. They actually think that there's other albums that are better than OK Computer. And I had my friend and producer on, Derek Madden, On the show today, we're going to be talking about OK Computer. We're also going to be talking about his favorite record of the last 20 years. And I'll give you a hint. It's another Radiohead record, but it's not OK Computer. We talk about that. We sort of went back and forth. I think I might have persuaded him to my side by the end. But we'll see. It's it's dramatic. This is sort of like 12 Angry Men, this podcast, except it's too... Guys who are not angry, they're they're friendly and they're just talking about music. But it's, you know, going back and forth over this verdict. And uh, I feel like I'm Henry Fonda in this situation. And I think I was able, well, we'll see. We'll see if I was able to persuade him or not. But it was, it was a very good back and forth with Derek. Um, but before we get to that, I want to tell you about our sponsor for this week's episode. And it's our old friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to buy tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at all the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Now, for me, I am planning to go see you 2 on the Joshua Tree Tour. Uh, they're going to be coming to my town in, in September, actually the day after my 40th birthday, which going to see you 2 the day after your 40th birthday, I feel like the screenwriter of my life is being very unoriginal right now. But it, regardless, I'm going to go see you 2 and Beck is opening for that show too, which will be interesting. So I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. If you want to use SeatGeek, I have a special offer for all my listeners here. All you need to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter in promo code CELEBRATION today. And if you do that, you will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, you just get the app. You enter in the, the promo code CELEBRATION, and you will get $20 off your first purchase. I know you guys are going to buy tickets anyway because you're listening to this podcast and you're big music fans. So if you just get this app, you're going to get cheaper tickets. So it seems like a great deal. Again, download the app, enter in CELEBRATION, get your $20 off at SeatGeek. Okay, so me and Derek, we talked about OK Computer. I made my case for it being the best album of the last 20 years. And, you know, I wrote about this in my piece. You know, there's a lot of things that you could say if you want to make the case for OK Computer being the, be- the, you know, the best album of the last 20 years. It certainly seems to have critical consensus on its side. You know, whether we're talking about Pitchfork or Spin or Paste Magazine or Rolling Stone, whenever people do lists of the best albums of the last 20 or 30 years, OK Computer is always up there. It's also topped several lists, including the Pitchfork list, the top the spin list in 2005. So you have that on your side. You also have, I think, a pretty compelling argument about when this record occurred in the arc of Radiohead's career, where you know Radiohead was at this moment in time in the late 90s where they put out two albums, Pablo Honey and The Benz. They had a hit single with, with Creep. You know, The Benz had a lot of successful singles off of that record, you know, big music videos on MTV. But they weren't yet the superstar band, the band that we now know is sort of one of the of the defining bands of its era. But they had a lot of experience on their side. You know, they had been on this lengthy tour in support of the Benz. You know, they were on the road for almost, you know, I think it was like a year, year and a half. So you had this 
thing that aligned, this thing that aligns, I think, for every great band, where you have the experience, you know, and, and Radiohead, you know, they were such a well-rehearsed band at this time that when, you know, when they were in the studio making OK Computer, you know, they were working in this big castle, basically, owned by Jane Seymour, the actress. Um, they were able to record a lot of those songs live, like with minimal overdubs. That's how well honed they were. They could record these kind of complicated songs very quickly. So they had that experience, but they also had the the hunger, the, the desire to be great. You know, the need to be great. You know, the idea that they had to make a record as good as OK Computer just to maintain their career momentum. And I think that when a band is in that spot, when they're now good enough and they also have the desire to make a great record and to put in the work that it takes to make a great record. That's always the sweet spot for any band. And I think with Radiohead, OK Computer is that sweet spot. I think after that, they make a lot of great records, but you can see that it's harder for Radiohead at some point to make great albums. Um, Because it's always hard to make great albums, it's always hard to top yourself, and it's also hard to keep doing the thing that you've already done. When you make a record like OK Computer, there's you've kind of already defined yourself. You've made this masterwork. Um, and the motivation to do something again is never as strong as it is to do it the first time. So that would be my argument for OK Computer, along with all the personal things that I have wrapped up in this record. This is a record that I remember buying at Circuit City in 1997 when I was 19 years old. It's a record I remember arguing about with people like, throughout that year. Um, and just playing over and over again. It's a record that I can still play today and find moments that I'm moved by. To me, why I picked this record, the main reason why is that out of all the records that have come out in the last 20 years, this record moves me the most. You know, it's a record that I can, that I have experience with, that I have a lot of good memories of, but when I, when I hear it now, um, it can still give me chills, even after playing it hundreds of times. So that's the case that I make for OK Computer. And I also bring up some other things, too, when I talk with Derek. Um, so yeah, you know, if you're, if you're a nerd about this band, you're going to enjoy this conversation. If, if you have no idea why people love this record so much, I think maybe you'll get something out of this, too. So here's me and Derek talking about Radiohead and OK Computer and whether it is the best album of the last 20 years. All right, so Derek, I wrote this piece last week for uprocks.com where I said that OK Computer is the best album of the last 20 years. And I wanted to talk to you about this because I know you're a Radiohead fan and we're around the same age so we have similar experiences I think where we both saw Radiohead sort of of develop through the 90s. I don't know like if you were a fan from Pablo Honey on like I I was. was, Okay so we both kind of saw this Beatles like transformation that they took. Um which culminated in a way with OK Computer. And I still feel like that's the best album of the last 20 years. I know you love OK Computer, but it's not even your favorite Radiohead record, (laughs) right? (laughs) Now, look, I I think that, you know, the idea that OK Computer is the best album of 20 years is certainly a plausible position. And I probably would have had it in that spot for a very long time. It's still in my top two or three records of the the last 20 years. Uh, But yes, I am an In Rainbows guy. Um, because I think in rainbows is a perfect record. It's compact. Every song works. They all play off each other beautifully. There's just, there's just no low point on in rainbows. Not that there's like, you could say a lot of those things about okay computer. Um, you know, but I would give you, there's, you know, you know, depending on how you feel about the fitter, happier digression right. or electioneering or my least favorite song, uh, the tourist, um, you know, there are moments that don't a hundred percent work. And I think, you know, maybe if you're the sort of person I, in, 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 I saw this in your piece that sort of doesn't get around some of the, the stuff that people say about Radiohead then, you know, In Rainbows might be the record for you because there's a little bit less of that baggage. Right. Not that there isn't, you know, a lot of talk about the way that they put that record out that, in fact, I think factors into people's opinions about it. But for me, 
just on the record itself, I'll I'll take In Rainbows. But OK Computer is also a masterpiece. Now, are you saying In Rainbows is the best album overall of the last twenty years? Yes. Okay, really? Yes. Flat out. And you're saying that because you think it's just like a perfect record. There's no fat on it, as far as you're concerned. Yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't subtract a song, and I wouldn't add a song. I think it's like it is perfect as it is. And you know, it's one of the. You know, I mean, Radiohead is a fantastic live band, but I think these two albums are sort of the linchpin of that because they can play any song from those two records and people are going to be excited and it gives them the freedom to do all the other things that they do to change the set. And I know this because on this last tour, they actually started playing the tourist and like people, people loved it. Like you could play. Because it's a great song. (laughs) Of course they would love it. They should love it. So, so yes. So I, I do, you know, okay. Computer's a masterpiece to me in rainbows is perfect. Okay. So one of the things I wrote about in my story is that, when people talk about the greatest album of the year or the decade or of a couple decades, they usually tend to go for a certain kind of record. It has to be a record that looks the part, so to speak. You know, a record that is big, but it's not bloated. A record that has, uh, it's, it's ambitious and it's maybe experimental, but it's not obtuse or, uh, you know, full of itself. It, these records typically have like a message to them without being pedantic. You know, it, it, it's a it's a big kind of juicy, important type record, mm-hmm. which is, I think, why OK Computer often comes up in these conversations along with uh, records like, you know, Is This It by The Strokes, you know, which was like a big emblematic record of the early 2000s or the Kendrick Lamar record To Pimp a Butterfly is a record like that. Uh you know, the last two Beyonce records people would probably bring up as, as examples of that. You know, the, any kind of like big sort of archetypal record is, is, is the record that kind of comes up for that. And on one hand, I kind of feel like eh, maybe that's constructed or kind of phony. It's something that gets projected onto music. Maybe people put too much emphasis on that. But I also feel like to a degree that, that there is some validity to it. And I think to me, In Rainbows is a great Radiohead record, but it doesn't really mean much beyond just their catalog. Like, I think it's, uh, you know, maybe like their third best record or so, but I don't know if it has a greater significance. Like, which to, which if you compare it to OK Computer, to me, that is a record that, it's not only a great record, but it like changed rock music, I think, at that time. It's sort of representative of like of like a mood of that time. You could say in a lot of ways, it was a forward-looking record. It seems very relatable to the moment we're in now. If you want to talk about all the technology, uh, sort of all the sort of tech-averse things that are on that record, tech phobia type stuff. Does any of this stuff move you in terms of your opinion here? Like, do you <laughs> feel like any? Because you know, this well, is the baggage that gets put on it, and the baggage does sometimes distract from the music, but it also elevates the music too, and makes it feel more important. Like, does any of that like enter in your thinking at all? Yes, it, yes, it does. And I, you know, I mean, I would say, first off, I think In Rainbows has an impact beyond just hey, this is a good Radiohead record, but a lot of that is, you know, about the way that it was put out, and and. For the for our younger listeners yeah, right. who may not, because this was like ten years ago. I know it's crazy. Like, what was that exactly? So, Radiohead, you know, sort of surprise dropped this record onto the internet uh, without a record company and said, "Pay what you want for it." <laughs> and so, you know, people went to the website, they bought it, they downloaded it. I think they it turned out they wound up getting an average of like five bucks a record, which made them a mint of money. Right. Um, but this was at the time completely off the wall revolutionary that you would put out a record without a record company that you would put it out via the internet. I think it was internet only for a couple of months before there was a, a full hard copy. And at this time you could buy music on iTunes, but there was no streaming music really. I mean, there wasn't like there, you know, there wasn't Spotify and Apple music. So just buying music was still relatively new at that time. And for a band to cut up the middleman like that right. was really kind of a unique thing. And, and look, they gave it away for free, in a way, in right. a sense. And think about how, how relevant the surprise album drop still is. Right. This was really the the first of that. Now, I'll grant you like that that is not the same kind of cultural relevance and cachet that OK Computer has. You know, that where OK Computer seemed to be like more of a landmark 
event in terms of, well, this is really a different kind of rock record. But it's kind of like you said, like you, you made the comparison to Sgt. Pepper's. Like, do you think Sgt. Pepper's is the best Beatles album? Right. No, I don't. No. And and that is a good counter argument. Like, yeah, this is one thing I wrote about in my piece that like uh, Sgt. Pepper, you know, has been the sort of default pick for like whenever people make the greatest lists of all of all time, like the greatest albums of all time list, Sgt. Pepper for a long time was always the number one choice. It's like the Citizen Kane of of rock albums. Um, but after a while, you kind of start to see people reacting to that. You know, people will now say like, well, Revolver's actually better and Revolver will end up being up higher than Sgt. Pepper. Or uh, some people like Rubber Soul or something. Right. Or, or they might pick some other record. Um, but like there's this thing about Sgt. Pepper where on one hand, it is this sort of landmark in pop history where it, it was this sort of I you know, it, it did represent like a like a like a hallmark for bands that wanted to go into the studio and make a conscious work of art. Like Sgt. Pepper was sort of like considered the beginning of that, and it was a blueprint that a lot of other bands kind of worked off of going forward. And that was a lot of the significance of that album. But when you listen to the album, it, you know there's a lot of songs about meter maids and circus workers, and you know it's not maybe quite as substantive as some of the other Beatles records from that time. So there's always that tension there of like. Sgt. Pepper being a really important record, but is it a great record? Is it as good as even other records that the Beatles made? I mean, that's that's open to debate. And so what you're saying is is that maybe the importance of OK Computer, it's a great record, but like if you're just listening to a record, right? You're saying yes. Yeah, so if you're at, if you, if I'm just putting on music, right? I would prefer to listen to In Rainbows uh, over OK Computer. But if you're talking about all of it, taking all of that into account in the the seismic nature of it, um, then yeah, I, I, I can see the argument for OK Computer. But I also think that the OK Computer thing is also sort of wrapped up in the one-two punch of OK Computer and then followed by Kid A. It was like, you know, like yeah. we changed the game and then, oh, we changed it again, you know? Um, when I even include the bends in that, I, right? I, I think of like the one, two, three punch. And to me, that will always be like Radiohead's. Yeah, uh, you know that is the core of like. If you think Radiohead's a great band, it's because of those three records, and then anything else outside of that kind of adds to the case. But that is like the base for me of of their greatness, that progression right there. And I love In Rainbows, but like that's kind of superfluous in a way to me. But you kind of look at it as like a culmination. In a way, yeah. I, I, to me, it almost. I mean, I'm not going to argue with the the triumphant of records. Like, yeah, it's hard to think of you know that those three records to stand with any band's three record you know period in history. I think, but to me, that's what it almost makes In Rainbows more impressive. That you know, ten years later, they could come back and and put out another record that stands in that group. Right. You know, because usually once you descend from that height. You're not coming back. Like, that's something that, like, you know, Blake Bowie did that. You know, Dylan has kind of done that a couple of times. But right. not too many people pull that off once they start uh, descending from the mountain, you know? See, like, when I think about OK Computer, I think of this sort of, like, massive, almost operatic-type rock record. It's very dramatic, very beautiful. Every I, In my story, I called it the greatest song outro album of all time. Because I feel like yeah. every song builds to this great outro, you know, like... Paranoid Android has that beautiful section towards the end, the the uh, the, the, the Hey Man slowdown part. Or wait, that, that's, that's, that's tourist. the tourist. <laughs> uh, the rain down part. The yeah. rain down part. Yeah. Yes, the rain down part, which is beautiful. You have the end of Letdown, which kind of builds to this beautiful moment. There's the end of Karma Police, where the for a minute there I lost myself. Mm. The end of no, all the songs just have these great exit film. Exit film. Uh, uh, in, uh, exit the, music, sorry. Exit uh, music, yeah. yeah. It might be the greatest climax on that record. So it's all these big kind of moments. And I always think of In Rainbows as maybe being, in a way, the opposite of that. It seems like a very, in my in my memory, it's a very kind of restrained, relaxed record. Like, there's not a lot of rocking moments on it. It's pretty laid back. And I really like that about it. But I guess if I'm comparing the two, it's hard for me to resist the sort of exuberance of okay computer in a way like the or like the you know just the bigness of that album attracts me i think to that record see that's interesting now i would uh i would point you to uh body snatchers which is certainly a rocking song right 15 15 step kind of starts like you know like it's a very excitable song and and you know you get those kind of like like uh, uh all i need and then right after that weird fishes uh you know arpeggi those are 
um, Tucson's with that classic Radiohead outro that could fit would be right at home uh, on OK Computer. And then, you know, when you finish with like videotape, yeah. you know, like that's such a so many Radiohead albums have this like just this sort of gorgeous, stunning closing set piece. And I I feel like videotape, you know, is right up there with Street Spirit for like the best of those, you know? Yeah. But isn't in the middle there, it's like a lot of sort of mid-tempo slow songs, Yeah, right? I mean, there's, you know, there's House of Cards and, and there's news. But, you know, Reckoners on that record, that's another song that that, that finishes, uh, you know, in a really nice way with that little hi-hat solo. Like, that's that's like Phil Selway's best Radiohead moment to me. Right. That little, you know. Which is all great. And I'm not, uh, I love all those moments. <laughs> I'm about this record. No, that's great. I mean. It is definitely, you know, again, I definitely feel like in Rainbows is a record about nuance and it's about those, yeah. little, like the high, you're talking about like a hi-hat part, mm-hmm. which is like not something that you're going to notice the first time you hear it. It's like it rewards listens in that regard where there's lots of little details. You could tell this band has been around now for 15 years. They don't have to sort of bash you over the head with what they're doing. It, it's a very subtle record in that regard. Whereas, okay, computer, it, you know, this, this analogy just occurred to me. I feel like if I can compare Radiohead albums to Paul Thomas Anderson films, okay. I feel like in a way, okay, computer is like um, Radiohead's Boogie Nights, where, again, like Boogie Nights is this very flashy, big epic. And maybe in Rainbows is like there is there there will be blood like in its own way it's it's kind of an epic thing but it's more personal it's not quite as uh, it's not a difficult record but it's not maybe quite as flashy as what they did before but if you stick with it it has rewards to it like does that analogy speak to you I think I think it's a very strong analogy but I feel like at least. To me, and and maybe it's because I kind of went, you know, this arc, you know, from Pablo Honey, I feel like every Radiohead record for a long time was like, well, I really like the last record and I don't know what they're doing here for like two weeks. And then you're like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. And so I think they all sort of reward repeat listening, you know, in that way. I do agree that, you, you know, OK Computer is certainly the most... Uh, you know, front forward, obvious, like we're trying to make a big statement record kind of record, right? You know, in rainbows is, is not that because at that point they kind of had already made their statements. Right. Yeah. Like to me, like the difference is that like, and I wrote this in my piece that like, okay, computer represents the moment in Radiohead's career where their desire to be great aligned with experience. Like they had made, you know, this is their third record, uh, they had just toured like forever in support of the bands, basically like for about a year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they were, re- you know, so they were like super rehearsed. You know, they could go in the studio and play live these these sort of beautiful ornate songs. They could play them basically live in the studio with like minimal overdubs. That's how good they were at that time, just as a band playing together. Um, so they had all, they had all this experience, and yet they weren't a superstar band yet. Like they were on the rise, so they still had that hunger of like an up and coming band. And I feel like, you know, a lot of bands, a lot of great bands have that moment in their career, like where those things align. And I always feel like that's the sweet spot where you have the means to be great and you have the desire. And I feel like Radiohead, I mean, you can see that as they have progressed in their career, that they're less prolific and they don't tour as much and they don't record as many records. And that's true of a lot of bands of their stature, you know, it's hard to keep doing it when you've already done it. Like there's really nothing else for Radiohead to do at this point. And you talked about this, how one of the impressive, impressive things about in rainbows is that it, it kind of occurred, um, you know, they'd made, you know, they made kid a and they made amnesiac and then there was hail to the thief in Oh three. And I think hail to the thief is actually like a really strong record. Me I think too. It's kind of really under, uh, totally agree. It's like uneven. There's like some, you know, there's some bum tracks here yeah. and there, but the strong songs are, are, are quite strong. But I think at the time in rainbows was perceived to be a comeback record yeah for a lot of people well i think uh, and pe- there were a lot of people who were m- m- waiting for radiohead to make the bends <laughs> again right yeah so was like yeah this is gonna be the guitar record you guys and, and like i think that tag got hung on a lot of them yeah uh but then when in rainbows came out and it was so good i think that was the easiest to sort of put that return to form label on you know what i mean which is funny because when you listen to hail of the thief that is like a 
pretty guitar oriented record. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that song "There There" on there, which is like I think a top five Radiohead song, like for me anyway. Yeah. And that's like one of their best guitar rock songs, especially you know in lieu of like what they've done since then. Mm-hmm. You know, like they haven't made an album nearly as rocking. I yeah. mean, I mean, Hail the Thief, like I guess rocks, and I'm putting rocks in air quotes. That rocks harder than in Rainbows does, I think. I mean, there's more sort of like, oh, you know, fast paced. Yeah. I mean, you think about it like a two plus song. two equals five is like a straight ahead guitar song right. on, on Hail of the Thief, you know what I mean? And there aren't too many more of those left, like just those kind of straight out rockers. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in the Radiohead catalog. Look, I, I think the point that you're making about OK Computer, about this being the point where, um, their ambition and experience and ability aligns like yes, yeah, that's definitely the best point in favor of OK Computer as the best radio ad record. Um, you know, a I think it was sort really sort of the almost the debut of symphonic Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. You know, where he's like really they started playing with all these samples and there's you know it's the the first time that you really start to get some of the uh, string arrangements and things like that and you know you, the way the airbag comes in it almost sounds like he's you know playing with a bow or something like it's you know it sounds orchestral in this way right um, and you know I think the the subsequent touring of OK Computer. I think really sapped their uh, desire and energy to be the biggest band in the world. Right. You know, and they made a whole movie about it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, so. and, you know, and in that regard, it was well-timed because they were at that point, I think they had established themselves as a band enough where people were going to stick with them no matter what they did, which played out over the next several years of their career, like where they made these, you know, inc- you know, these incredible left turn type records and not only did people stick with them, but it actually, you know, deepened their reputation. It like it kind of really made their legacy to do that. I mean, like we're talking about in Rainbows and in, in OK Computer. I mean, we haven't really talked about Kid A, right. and I and I and I feel like it's interesting because just looking at the reactions to my piece that I wrote, and you know, there were people that. Yeah, in the, at, at the start of that piece, I kind of make a joke about how there's like three different kinds of reactions that I expect this column to have. One will be agreement because people, will, you know, they think it's the best album of the last 20 years. There'll be mild disagreement from people like yourself who love OK Computer, but they like some other record more and may, in fact, like another Radiohead record more. And then there's going to be intense disagreement from people who hate Radiohead because music critics keep saying that OK Computer is the best album of the last 20 years. And, they're sick of hearing that. Um, you know, I expected more people to say that Kid A was the best record of the last 20 years, but I've heard a surprising number of people actually go for In Rainbows. Like, if they don't think it's OK Computer, they think it's In Rainbows. And I'm wondering if that's been a shift that's happened. Because I know, because I feel like at the time, like in the early 2000s, that there were a lot of people who actually thought that Kid A was a better record in part maybe because of some of this baggage that we're talking about, that it, it, it seemed like a more sort of dramatic gesture, you know, yeah. that OK Computer was maybe the pinnacle of like Radiohead making a, a, a classic rock type guitar record. And then they make this other record, which I think when it came out in 2000, people heard Kid A and they thought, oh, this is going to be what the 21st century is like. This is what rock music's going to sound like. You know, it, <laughs> it kind of has that feel to it mm-hmm. for people. Um, for people who liked it, and then I think also for, for people who hated it, people there are a lot of people who hated that record. But um, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like the reputation of Kid A has like slipped a little bit, or that, or it's been supplanted by a, a in little Rainbows, bit? Maybe. I mean, I think that you know, even more. I mean, we talked about the the context of OK Computer. I think even more context was important for how you viewed Kid A at the time. Yeah. And the further we get away from that, um, you know, the, the, the less that stuff matters. And yet it's still sort of all over the record itself. Like when you, I love kid a, but when you, when you hear it, like there are some really great songs that can at times sort of be buried under the atmospherics and, and whatever. And so I think, yeah, when people tend to look back at the lens and forget a little bit about some of the politics of it, yeah. um, it, you know, it may just not be as fun to listen to Kid A uh, as the other two records. Yeah, I, you know, it, we need to get someone who's younger. In this. <laughs> we should go get someone younger in the studio right now and ask them about this. I'm, you know, I'm just curious to talk to like 
um, you know, like a, like a 20 year old Radiohead fan, and and to find out like what you know, I'm sure there's different opinions depending on who you ask, but like, I mean, my sense is that OK Computer and In Rainbows are the ones that people go for maybe more than Kid A, um, and that's an interesting thing what you're saying. I think that there's a lot. I think you're right in that. Um, the context really mattered at the time and and it was the turn of the century you know people were it's the year 2000 so people were sort of extrapolating like what the future is going to be like mm-hmm. and of course what we didn't realize at the time is that the future wasn't going to be that different from the way it was then you know it's different and big in some ways but in, for the most part you know we're not going in flying cars and we're not living in spacesuits or anything but you know you could listen to Kid A and think like oh yeah this is it's going to be like Blade Runner. We're going to be right. living in Blade Runner future here pretty soon. I mean, that's what that record kind of felt like at the time. And I think, again, just the gesture of it, that Radiohead would make a record like that. Um, in a way, it's a, it was a very 90s move for them to make yes. a record like that. Yes. You know, it was their version in a way of like in utero or something. Like, we're really successful now, so we're going to you know, make like a fuck you type record. And like, can we blame Michael Stipe? I feel like Michael Stipe is sort of like the common thread through all these things. And I feel (laughs) like, um, you know, they were really hanging out with him a lot (laughs) during that era. He was kind of like, you know, an advice guru for Tom. And, uh, you think Michael Stipe was saying, you know, and well, we should be thanking Michael Stipe though, because kid A is a great record. We're not, (laughs) you're not blame blame is the wrong word. And in utero is a great record. (laughs) I mean, we could blame Nirvana for Monster. Yeah. They're, which I love Monster. I think that's a great record. The REM record, but like a lot of people don't like that record. But anyway, that's a But yeah, Kid A is Kid A is a very 2000s record even though I think it came right out at the beginning of the the decade. Yeah, I think it came out like in October of 2000 yeah. around thereabouts. Um, but it comes from I feel like a very 90s ethos. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that 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 sort of thing. Like, if you're if you're a big time rock band, that you shouldn't embrace being a big time rock band. I mean, it, it it certainly feels like in terms of the Radiohead music that's influential on other bands, that it seems like the Benz and OK Computer that blueprint was bigger for other bands going forward. If you if you're talking about sort of Coldplay, Travis, that whole thing, or yes. even like bands like Muse, um, you know. Whereas I think maybe Kid A is respected as a gesture, you know. I think Kid A is just hard to copy. Yeah. You know, like how do, how do you make your own Kid A? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's always that idea that like you know, like when My Morning Jacket makes Evil Urges, you know, like a record mm-hmm. like that, you know, like in a sense like that's their Kid A. You know, like I think bands always want to make their version of Kid A, even if it doesn't sound like Kid A, but it's like. Kid A has become code for a radical departure from your established sound. Right. We're going to abandon our primary instruments and right. we're going to, you know, we're, you, yeah, we're going to the vocals and we're going to go on SNL and like uh, Johnny Greenwood's going to be standing at like a, what was that thing? He was like, it looked like it was like an old operator <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terminal thing. Like he's, he's yes. like pulling out Just the, like the chords and the, I, I love it when he does that. It, but like they were playing like idiotique on there and it was like, you know, I really love this song, but like this is not the most compelling uh, rock band performance I've ever seen. Where it's like I want Johnny Greenwood, you know, slamming his arms into the guitar like that, right. or, or even playing keyboards or something. I don't know if I want him playing the operator or console, the, the Tom York flailing dancing. He's, yeah, right. You know, but I mean, Kid A certainly seemed to set the template for. Uh, Tom York's solo career and also like, you know, King of Limbs and that whole thing, which, you know, and that's another thing too that I, I, you know, that's kind of what I mean about how do you make, you know, how do you, how do you make your own kid a, like I think even Radiohead was not ultimately successful at trying to do that again. (laughs) Yeah. Or Amnesia, which, um, is another kind of polarizing record, I think in their, uh, in their catalog. I, I mean, for me, Amnesia is the first sort of like unsuccessful record that they made, like, like artistically. I think there's some good songs on there, but to me, it doesn't really hang together. Like, I mean, what do you feel about? Yeah, I would think, yeah, there are, there are some excellent songs on Amnesiac. Pyramid Song is 
fantastic. Right. Knives Out. Yeah. Great song. Um, you and Who's I, Army. I even like uh, Packed Like Sardines. Yeah, um, for sure. But I agree that as a like collective whole, it you know doesn't hang together and you can almost sort of tell like it was kind of leftovers from the last session you know like yeah it doesn't it's not the cohesive body of work uh that their previous ones were well let's go back to okay computer for a second because you know this record was just reissued uh there's a uh, it's called okay no okay not okay okay and it's a two-disc thing where you get the record and there's also a bonus disc of B-sides, most of which were collected on this EP called um, How Am I Driving, came out in 98. was actually yes. nominated for a Grammy, which for Best Alternative Album. Uh, that's how like big Radiohead was. Like they could just, I guess it was really the record company collected B-sides from their British singles and, and assembled this thing for the American market and they got a Grammy nomination. So that's on there. And then uh, there's also these three unreleased songs. Have you heard the un- unreleased songs? I have heard I Promise. Okay. Um, and there's Lift and Man of War. Yeah, and Man of War just dropped today. Yeah. Uh, I have I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I'm very excited because they made an unsettling video for it, which yeah. used to be like, you know, when you go back to the Ben's era, that was like their specialty. It was like these like weird unsettling videos, even into Karma Police, you know. Um, oh yeah, totally. Well, uh, well, yeah. well, and all three of those songs have a very Ben's like feel to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, um, me too. I mean, I mean. Li- I mean Lift has been a song that has been famous in Radiohead circles for a long time. I mean, it was a song that uh, they played in '96 when they were touring in support of Alanis Morissette. Which I was at one of those shows. Were you? Yeah. It, which is kind of a you know, it, it's one of those things you look back and you're like, oh man, Radiohead and Alanis Morissette, sort of a, uh, an unusual combination. But it ended up being a big tour for Radiohead because uh, you know they were playing these shows and and no one really knew in the audience anything from the Benz, the only songs that people knew was Creep. It was like the only big single that they'd ever had. So Radiohead was basically like, well, no one knows our songs anyway. We'll just play all new songs. So they were kind of, you know, workshopping a lot of the material that ended up on OK Computer. But one of the songs that went over the best on that tour was this song, Lift. Um, Which they naturally decided to shelf. Exactly. A very sort of, again, very 90s move uh, to do that. And... Although when you hear the song, it's a good song. It's a very sort of poppy song. Right. It, it's a song that I imagine I could very well imagine being on the Benz and or even Pablo Honey. Um, you understand why I didn't end, end up on OK Computer. Mm-hmm. It, it does not have the sort of uh, paranoid, dystopian, dark feel to it. It would have felt like an anachronism on that record. I think. Yeah, I feel the same way about I Promise. I feel like the, right. Uh, I Promise is almost uh, to me. Pablo Honey sounding more than any other record. Right. It's it, To me, what's fascinating about those unreleased songs is listening to them in comparison to what ended up on the record. Yeah. Because to me, like, that's the best purpose that they serve is that it really underscores why OK Computer sounds the way it does. And it's like, you can be like, oh yeah, like these songs are good, but like, they just don't have that thing. Right. That these other thing that these other songs have. And, and it's kind of hard to even put your finger on what that thing is, but, um, I know it's a fascinating thing uh, to listen to. Um, I'm interested in something because, you know, I remember being at that Atlantis tour um, and, and just sort of seeing the, the puzzled look on, <laughs> you know, on teen girls' faces who are waiting to hear uh, You Ought to Know. Props to Atlantis, by the way, who covered fake plastic trees uh, for most of that tour, which right. I thought was really cool. Um, and, you know, we're two 40-ish guys kind of gushing about the entire Radiohead catalog and what makes it brilliant. And if you are one of the people that, you know, falls in, it doesn't fall into the camp of OK Computer or some other Radiohead record or some other really good record being the best, if you're one of those people that falls into the camp of stop talking to me about Radiohead, you know what I mean? Like you're projecting all your stuff onto this band. How do you like... How, how do you reach that person? And have you heard from a lot of those people that were like, you know, come on, this is bunk. This is rock critic stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you hear from people who, you know, again, like that was like the third option at the start of my column that there are, there are lots of people who are so sick of hearing about Radiohead because <laughs> it's either music critics talking to them or it's like, yeah, it's guys in their late 30s, early 40s talking about how amazing it was 
when they would get high and listen to Subterranean Homesick Alien in, the early, in, in 1997, which I did, and it was awesome. <laughs> and I, I, I don't care if it sounds if I sound like an old man saying that. It was awesome. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, I to me, I, you can't really reach those people like through talking to them. You know, to merely keep laying superlatives on this album. Right. That's not really going to persuade anyone if they're not already persuaded. It's only going to drive them further away. The only thing I would say about Radiohead is that I think that there's this perception about them among people who don't like them that they are this sort of like intellectual band that you have to, you know, think really hard when you listen to the record or that you have to be like a nerd to like the record. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly, OK Computer, if you look at it on paper, it seems like a pretty nerdy record. I mean, it's like talking about robots and karma police and all this, and, you know, paranoid androids and subterranean homesick aliens. I mean, it sounds nerdy on paper. And it's probably nerdy maybe when you listen to the record. I don't know. But, like, to me, the power of Radiohead has always been primarily emotional. Like, basically, this is an album where... A man with a pretty high pitch voice sings tender songs about feeling alone. Yeah, and which is what a lot of pop music is. You know, it's a, most pop music is like tender songs about feeling alienated or feeling sad or or wanting to connect with other people. At at its heart, that's what this record is. You can throw out Orwellian, you can call it dystopian, you can attach all these ten dollar words to it, but at heart, it's a, a short man who has a pretty voice. Singing songs about how he wants to connect with people, yeah, and um, that's how I respond to it. That's how I still respond to this record. I think one reason why I think it's the best record of the last twenty years is that I've heard this record maybe a thousand times, and there are still moments on it where I listen to it now and I I feel moved listening to it completely because I think it's such a beautiful record. Like it just you know all the other things I could say about it, all the pretentious music critic things, you know, all those things I believe are true, but like. At its core, I think it's just a beautiful record. It's just breathtaking to listen to, and it still moves me when I listen to it. So that's what I would say. It's a moving record. I think it's beautiful. If you don't like it, I understand, but you know, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I, you look, I think there, there are two words that get hung on Radiohead by people who don't like Radiohead, you know, and, and, and the, you know, intellectual is one, and I think sad. Is the other <laughs> right? And, and I don't think that. Look, I mean, you know, not all Radiohead music is happy, certainly, but I, I think that's a definitely kind of a misrepresentation of the band. And I would say, you know, if you if you're one of those people that just hates this band or, or doesn't get it, like, put on Let Down, and if you can get through that and make it to Tom York holding that high note. <laughs> for like 15 seconds and if you're not just like just awed or moved or blown like then fine all right i I guess it's not for you but i like it's just hard not to see how how something like that wouldn't get to someone and and that's not you know that the song can be sad or or you know there are sad moods but that is not a sad moment like that is a an affirming like just yeah moment i mean i'm I'm getting the chills kind of just talking about it yeah so uh you know to me like that that's a record divorced from uh context is still like still gives you that feeling and that's really hard to do and the other thing that's really hard to do, you mentioned like just kind of the way that how durable it is. I, this was one of the first records that, you know, it's definitely the first Radiohead record that had come out uh, for me since I had gotten into radio. And one of the things that the label did like promotionally before the record came out, they sent out advances in these like Walkman. Let's give you kids, this will give you have an idea of how long ago it was. Yeah. Walkman is a portable cassette player with headphones <laughs> <laughs> that they sent out and it was glued shut to just the tape of... Kidding. Yeah. And so you, I had this radio that only played the Radiohead record, which is the kind of thing that record execs thought of at the time. And I just played this thing for like weeks to the point where eventually I figured out how to free the cassette <laughs> from the Walkman so I could finally listen to my car. And then I played it in my car for like weeks. And it, it, it every time, it was as potent every time. And even now, 20 years on, when I've heard this record, probably more times than any other record I've heard in my life. I put it on yesterday and it was still that potent. And I don't, 
that's really hard to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it just speaks to like sort of a combination of like being really hyper focused in the studio. Where I mean, it, it, working with Nigel Godrich, and it's just this like immaculate sound to it. But then also having that sort of, you know, and again, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you want to call it. If it's creative spark or it's just the moment in time that gets created, uh, that gets captured. Uh, I don't know. It, it does have that kind of magical feel to it. Um, I want to circle back to something you, you were talking about before. You know, and I, I touched on this a little bit in my in my piece. You brought up like the fitter, happier electioneering part of the record because mm-hmm. I feel like people that want to like maybe lower okay computer a couple notches like if they like it but they don't think it's the best that's the part of the record that they attack uh is electioneering and and fitter to me fitter happier it's just sort of like a little thing in the record it doesn't even like matter that much to me i feel I, i know there's people who hate it and uh, they feel like it kind of hurts the record. They they're like, "Well, I like the bends more because of fitter, happier." But, but then um, I just feel like it's like a rap skit, like you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like W balls. It's yeah. like the Radiohead version of W balls. <laughs> um, but then electioneering. Um, it's interesting because like I, I I feel like that's maybe the closest thing on that record to like a Benz type song. Um, I kind of appreciate it that it's there because it's like the hardest rocking song on the mm-hmm. record. It's kind of, it's like a nice contrast. It's not my favorite song on the record, but I always feel like electioneering gets singled out as being like the bum track on OK Computer. And I think it's only a bum track in in a relative sense. I still think it's a pretty strong song. I like the guitar part. I think the the lyrics are good and they and they sort of fit with the rest of the record. Um I gotta say, I I might prefer it to climbing up the walls. I think climbing up the walls is a pretty good song, but like, I mean, that's definitely like because you have Karma Police, then you go into Fitter Happier, then Electioneering, then 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 climbing up the yeah. walls. That's sort of like the A minus part of the record. <laughs> See, I I really yeah. like climbing up the walls. Climbing up the walls is definitely one of the more it's a great subtle, song. Subtle takes a while. I feel like songs on the record. Though. I mean, the problem with the yeah. the problem with the record like uh, OK Computer is that the A minus songs get overshadowed because, like you, I always feel like I want to hear no surprises really yeah. bad, and I want to get I hear no surprises and lucky, <laughs> right? And like as much as climbing up the walls, I think is a really good song. It's not as good as those two songs, and also, I mean, you're knocking the tourist. I think the tourist is awesome. Do you, <laughs> like, do you think? Yeah. It's, like, do you think it's like too slow? Like, I do. Kind of I do think it plods a little bit, and look, that's that tends to they like to make the last song the, like a long slow. But one, that's you know like what I mean? that's like Tom York at his most like Edith Piaf. You know, like he's just <laughs> singing from like the balcony. Yeah, and like hey, the op- it's like slow very opera. It's like it's like him. It's like Freddie Mercury and Edith Piaf merge into one and Tom is just wailing yeah. it at the and end I, of that song. I should say I've been hard on the tourists. I still like the tourists. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a good song. What about electioneering? Are, are you going to defend electioneering too? Or? Yeah, I am. I, I am in definitely in the camp of it, it need, you needed one kind of real guitar song. You needed one like where, you know, I mean, Paranoid Android has some elements of that too. But yeah. You know, you want to let Johnny Greenwood be Johnny Greenwood at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah, while he's still interested in playing guitar. <laughs> yeah, exactly, know? exactly. And Before I he lost interest forever. I think it's a nice balance. I do think if you're like trying to dock points, I think you can say side A. You know, kids. Once upon a time, there were record albums that had <laughs> sides. Um, you know, the first five six songs are so great that. Um, you know, even though the back half still has no surprises and lucky, like it, it suffers a little bit by comparison. Right. You know? Um, so, yeah. you know, that, that's a point you can take off, but I don't, like I said, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't subtract really any song from okay computer either. I think they all, they work together as a whole. And I, and, and yes, electioneering is the most incongruous of those, but I still think that balance really helps the record as a whole. I mean, getting back to your point about the about the side A or just the, mm-hmm. the first six songs, we have Airbag, we have Paranoid Android, we have Subterranean Homesick Alien, we have Exit Music 
for a film. We have Let Down and we have Karma Police. Those six songs. Yeah. You're going to tell me that In Rainbows is better than that? That's really good, man. <laughs> I mean, this is what I don't get. Like, okay, I wrote this piece. I, I said it's the best album of the last 20 years. And I had a couple of people tweet at me and go, it's not even the best Radiohead album. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's line up the songs of your right. favorite Radiohead record. And put it just those six songs. Just put it up against those six. I mean, to me, that is like the the, the twenty seven Yankees. Yeah, like, you're gonna like you're gonna. You, I mean, look. But I would see. But my counter argument. My counter argument would be, you know, if you go all right. So the first, you know, in Rebels is ten songs. So you yeah. say the first side is five songs. Yeah, it's a pretty good first side where you fifteen step. Which is a great song, great still song. live staple. Love it. Body Snatchers. Love it. Nude. That's Love your kind of like slow down moment. And then Weird Fishes and All I Need are like. Those are all great. Two of my all time favorite Radiohead songs. Those, the, the, but the back half, right? Yeah. You still have Reckoner, House of Cards, Jigsaw Falling into Place, and Videotape. Like, that's good. Now, Faust Arp is kind of like, you know, but um, I don't know. I would say maybe the side two of In Rainbows is stronger. See, I what you're. I, I feel like you know. I, I feel like I'm talking about the 27 Yankees, and you're talking about maybe like the 61 Yankees or something. Like great team. You got Mickey Mantle. You got Roger right. Maris. Right. But it's not the 27 Yankees. I'm I'm gonna take Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and all these guys. You know, you know, Airbag and Paranoid and I mean Paranoid Android. I'm sorry, but like that song alone. You know, you're gonna put like Body Snatchers against. Paranoid Android, you're going to put Nude against Paranoid Android? I mean, those are great songs, but I'm talking about Paranoid Android here, man. It's like, I just, to me, the only argument against OK Computer at this point is that you're sick of it and that you're sick of hearing yeah. these songs because, like, you've played them to death and then Rainbow seems a little fresher to you. like, Or that you're just sick of people always picking OK Computer. So maybe it's more fun to pick another Radiohead record. But... I don't know. If you look at it, if you compare them, I just don't think it, it holds up. I, yeah, I'm starting to think that maybe it's just recency bias. But I just I just loved, loved In Rainbow so much yeah. more recently than I loved OK Computer so much that, you, you know, in my mind, am I persuading you? That is a really convincing case right there. Yeah, and your side two thing is strong, but I just think like those first six songs, it's like, you know, my God, that is, that, that is like one of the greatest side ones ever by any band. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I don't want to get too grandiose here, but like I was, when I was writing this piece, I was thinking about OK Computer versus like other great albums of all time. And I was like, I think I like it more than Dark Side of the Moon. I think I like it more than like Led Zeppelin 4. I mean, I, like yeah. just comparing it to like the greatest rock mm -hmm. albums ever, I think OK Computer to me, it compares very favorably to a lot of those records. Like I don't like, I don't think it's as good as Blood on the Tracks. I don't think it's as good as like, you know, I don't know, Exile on Main Street, but a lot of other records, I would maybe take OK, OK Computer over those. So, you know, I do think I, it's, but, but like, I wouldn't put in rainbows over any of those records. I do think know? it's interesting. Um, you know, you, you talked about this in your piece, the way it's kind of slid down some, some lists yeah. over time for like, for no apparent reason. Yeah, where people are saying like, yeah, because there was the spin list where spin, you know, they've done these anniversary lists every five years. In 2005, OK Computer was the best album of the last 20 years. Uh, in 2010, it was like the fifth best out of the last 25 years. And then 2015, it was the sixth best in the last 30 years. Yeah. But it was always records that came out before OK Computer. So it, was, it wasn't like five masterpieces have come out since OK Computer and we've had to rearrange our list it was like no we actually think the queen is dead by the smiths is better yeah. which hot, it's not hot take um that's an atrocity like that yeah, i love the smiths i love the queen is dead <laughs> but like the smiths to me i mean i don't know I, i'm gonna get hate mail for this yeah. i think they're more of a singles band i like their singles definitely collections more than their well, whole albums but i have more csus and yes i know tom york's a big smiths fan don't at me but uh, well, yeah, I don't think those records are in the same stratosphere, personally. I mean, I love. I mean, I love the Smiths. So, but come on, it's not. It's not better than. Okay. And uh, you know, or Sign of the Times. I could. Okay, I can maybe see that. Um, never is, mind. Is Sign of the Times the best Prince album? Well, it's become that. I I still would go with Purple Rain. I, I I feel like this is another <laughs> example. 
Right. Uh, that's a that's rock a rock critic thing, right? Yeah. To take people the saying like, well, one. Purple Rain is like this is it's the popular one, and maybe people are sick of talking about Purple Rain, mm-hmm. but like Purple Rain. Every song on that is a hit, and every song is great. And like "Sign of the Times" is a great record, but like not every song on that album is great. You're gonna say that like you're gonna pick that over the record with "Let's Go Crazy" and "Purple Rain" and yeah. "I Would Die for You" and you know <laughs> "Freaking Raspberry Beret." You know, no, that's on that's on Around the World. In the oh, day. is it? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right, on the sorry. next record. I but messed like, that up. Um, you know, "Darling Nikki" and all these songs. Um, and then like "Nevermind" is. It, is in that camp and then uh, I can't remember the other ones but and never mind yeah I can I can understand that if, if you want to put that above um, okay computer I mean I don't listen to never mind really much anymore I don't really feel a strong urge to listen to it but um, that's a that's a thing that I think it can be about impact and influence right and, you know and, and and somewhat personal preference depending on style of music that you like yeah if you you know if you, if you feel like okay computer is sort of like a wussy record yeah <laughs> you want something a little harder you know yeah like ne- never mind would be the choice I'm curious like what do you think is the record that um, like the best record that's sort of a, a directly influenced by okay computer oh man Directly influenced? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> I kind of want to say A Rush of Blood to the Head, the Coldplay <laughs> record. I think that's a great record. I, I you know, I'll, def- I'll defend early Coldplay. <laughs> um, that might be it. I mean, um, I don't know. Wait, what, do you have a record in mind when you ask that? Uh, I don't really. It was. I was sort of... You know, because it, I a lot was just, of what the influence was not that great, right? Or, I was or, thinking or about it a little bit. Like they cast a long shadow, and yeah. then there were you know some bands that were you know really there was a slew of English bands, yeah. like really just kind of ripping them off in ways that were sort of progressively less interesting. And so I was sort of left thinking about um, the legacy. Yeah. And now I'm I'm completely blanking on the name. The the, the best record I I could think of was the the Beck record that won album of the year, um, Morning Phase. Yeah, I felt like had had like the lighter parts of OK Computer sort of. Well, I think Nigel Godrich might have produced. Yes, that. yes, yes. So he that did. would have been. I mean, yeah. and if you want to sort of debunk the case for OK Computer being the best album in the last twenty years, that would probably be the where to do it. Would be to say like, well, what now sounds like OK Computer? Or like, how influential was it? I mean, I would say that maybe the influence of that record is maybe is more subliminal. Where mm-hmm. I think a lot of people heard that record and were inspired to make something, you know, as similarly sort of like grand and yeah, and like ambitious, I, I hear OK's uh, OK Computer's influence in Funeral, right? But I don't think that those records really sound that much alike. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would say that that would probably be more of because I think bands that are sort of more consciously aping that sound. You know, it's not the most pedig. You know, it's not the most prestigious group of bands. Like, I mean, I have a weakness for Muse, um, because the idea of a band making OK Computer on steroids is interest. You know, that is appealing to mm-hmm. me as as excessive as that band can be. Um, but I don't know. Like, Black Holes and Re- Revelations is a record I enjoy quite a bit. I don't know if that's like a if I would put that up as a masterpiece. Like, <laughs> no. Absolution, it, I think, is a really good Muse record, but it's a little bit more Benzy. Yeah. I mean, computer. Muse um, for me is in that sort you know, I know the term guilty pleasure has been sort of out, outmoded. People say you shouldn't feel guilty about liking things. I actually think that guilt is a good thing sometimes. You should feel guilty about certain <laughs> things. And I do feel guilty about liking Muse to a degree. I don't apologize for it, but I'm not proud that... Uh, that they speak to me, they speak to the more sort of primordial parts of me. Well, I think, and I, you know, this sort of goes back to it. Maybe I think this is someone who's listening to this and and thinking that we're nuts. <laughs> I think both of us are predisposed to ambitious records. Oh yeah, and bands trying to take big swings, and even bands trying to be the biggest band. In the world, and that's I think, sort of like stadium rock type thing. Yeah, that, that Radiohead had. Like Radiohead was very Queen-ish at this time, which at, at the time of OK Computer, which speaks to me. I mean, like I read somewhere that Tom York wanted to be a rock star because he saw Brian May on TV when he was a kid. Wow. And like OK Computer kind of I think represents the pinnacle of that version of Tom York, and then 
he decided that he wanted to be like a cross between Aphex Twin and Brian Eno after that. <laughs> yeah. Like after that it changed. But I, I I will always have an affection for that period when he wanted to be like Brian May. Like that will always you know play guitar like Brian May and sing like Freddie Mercury. Like I that will always speak to me and like no one has really kind of stepped into that. Yeah. Role sense, you and know. So, do you think the fact that you know he's never going back to that? Yeah. Does that it, it makes him more special in a way, almost, right? Maybe. But, you know. Yeah. I mean that 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 could be valid too. I mean, and you know, it's also the time of life that that record came out. I mean, these are all the things that kind of factor in. Like when I wrote my piece, I thought, well, because I kind of ended that piece by talking about my personal connection to it, because I feel like, well. If people want to reject my argument, they should know what my biases are, you know. And I'm, right. I always, I always believe in that. Like you should state, well, I like this record because of this thing that happened to me. Like this is also like I like it for these reasons, but it's also because of this personal experience that I had. Because I, I just feel like that's truth in advertising. Yeah. And you can like read that, and you can say like, well, this guy, he just was 19 when he bought the record, and it was the summer between like his freshman and, June, and sophomore year of college. So that's probably why he likes it. This like, is, if yeah. you want to dismiss it for that reason, that's valid. But at least I gave you the information to make that yeah. decision. You know, It's a real thing. And we actually, you know, my day job, I program a radio station. And one of the things that we actually factor in when we're trying to pick like, you know, what eras of music we're going to play is that your musical tastes are formed roughly 16 to 19. Right. It's when you're the most into it and have the most time to devote to it right. before, you know, life starts happening. And, and so, you know, we look at that like, and you your know. ears are just fresher. I mean, yeah. you, the possibility that you can have your mind blown, I think, is much greater at that age because you're just you're just being exposed to so many things for the first time. And not to say like, I, I still get my mind blown by new albums and I'm still really excited to discover new bands, but it's not quite as intense as it is when you're that age. Right. And it, it can't be. You when, know? you know, you talk about, okay, computer, you know, relative to exile on main street. And, you know, for me, I, you know, I respect that record and, and I understand its place in the canon, you yeah. know, very intellectually, but I have very little personal connection to it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's almost impossible for me to feel the same way about Exile on Main Street as I do about Radiohead. So, um, you know, those, I think those biases are embedded in, in whatever people's opinion is about music and they almost, they almost have to be, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you're honest about it, you know, cause everyone has it. And some people like to pretend that they're above these certain, these sorts of things or that they can separate themselves, but you can't, I don't think you can. I think it's just a part of who you are. So acknowledge it and move forward. You yeah. Know? Like if you're, if you're separating yourself from it, you're not really listening to the music with all of your faculties. I feel like. Right. Well, you and, know? and I mean, but how can you, I mean, I don't know how you could, even if you wanted to, I mean, it, you know, you don't live in a sensory deprivation chamber. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything you Emotion experience. Emotion deprivation chamber. Yeah, yeah. You, you have a context to everything you're experiencing. There's, you know, I think if you heard an album for the first time, uh, like when you're in a car with someone and you're have and you're on a road trip and it's a really happy experience, of course, how you feel about that trip is going to influence the music that you heard at that mm -hmm. time. I mean, there's, there's no getting around that. Yeah. Or you saw a show on that tour and you had a really great time right. or whatever. Yeah. And then the artists themselves, right. Are making these records in context and reacting to events that are happening as they're being made and all right. of that stuff was baked into the album too. You yeah. Know? I think it's hilarious. I read that Rolling Stone oral history of okay computer and like Tom York, uh, he basically says that one of the reasons he wanted to make kid a was that Nigel Godrich made, the Man Who with Travis, like in 1999, uh, which was between OK Computer and Kid mm -hmm. A, and like he, he, Tom York was basically hearing all these bands that sounded like Radiohead on the radio, and he was like, "Well, we can't sound like this anymore, so we're gonna do the most abrupt change imaginable." So, if you love OK Computer and you wish that they had continued to make records like that, it's it's basically Travis's fault. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know. Send all your hate mail to to that band. Thanks, Travis. Although Thank you. you know, there's a uh, a line in Karma Police. Um, uh, you know, he buzzes buzzes like a fridge. That uh, Tom said was inspired by them touring and listening to alternative radio in the states, and they felt like everything sounded the same, and it sounded like a refrigerator buzzing. <laughs> so I think that they, 
I think that they had had designs on getting off of the radio right, for right. <laughs> uh, probably when they were making OK Computer and certainly afterwards. They were know? like, we're going to make this grandiose guitar record. And then after this, we're going to make a cold electronic record. And then after that, we're going to make another cold electronic record. And then after that, we're going to make a record about George W. Bush getting elected. <laughs> Even though he has been elected, this is only 1996, right, right. 97. And, and, then, and, then, and then we'll hit him with the accessible one. And then we're going to hit him with In Rainbows, <laughs> which will be the other choice for people's favorite record in addition to the record that we're making right now. Yeah. Um, Can you make a case that Radiohead is still the biggest rock band in the world? I, um, no, I think it's U2. I think if you're going to like just talk about size of audience, yeah. U2's playing stadiums right now. And... In some cities, they're playing multiple dates at stadiums. So it's hard for me to argue against you two, just in terms of just if you're just going to talk about sheer numbers of people who will go pay to see you, like, yeah, I'd say it's you two. Yeah, yeah, I was just in Louisville and and you two was playing Papa John's Stadium. Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) historic Papa John's Stadium. Exactly. I love Radiohead, but they can't fill a stadium in Louisville, Kentucky. It's just not, you know. And maybe if they had toured more. They could do that, I, you know, but that was their choice and all that. So I think we had to wrap up here, but you agree with me now, right? You agree with me that OK Computer is the best? Yeah, that I, I mean, the only, you? The only or, thing that's holding me out is that I'd like, yeah, just not want to admit that, I, that I've been turned. Well, but. that's OK. <laughs> it's OK. We will we'll declare a mistrial for now. Uh, but I feel pretty good about that. Well, anyway. Yeah, you did well. Both records are great. I think we proved that we're very obsessive about Radiohead and all that. But yeah, OK Computer, they're, bo- they're both good in my book. So I appreciate you talking about this with me, Derek. I'm uh, more than happy to. Uh, thanks for having me. All right, man. Take care. All right. That was me and Derek talking about Radiohead. I really wish we could have beer in the studio. I, I could have really used a beer during that conversation. That was like a real kind of like sitting at the bar type thing, except we're in a radio studio with headphones on. But we were, we, were, we were able to be transported to that sort of metaphorical bar in the mind during that conversation. Um, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for this week's episode. It's our old friends at SeatGeek. And just to remember, if you download the app and you enter in the promo code celebration, you're going to get $20 off uh, your first ticket purchase there. Um, I want to thank you guys for patronizing our sponsors and also supporting the podcast in all the ways that you guys support us. Um, it's always important for me to thank you guys for doing that. Uh, I, I really appreciate you being there for us, supporting us and listening to us and doing all the things that, that keep us going. Thanks again for listening this week. As always, it's fun talking at you about music, and uh, we'll look forward to it again next